Hey, Tommy from the Run Testers, and welcome to the Run Testers podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about loads of stuff to do with marathons. So, myself, Nick, and Mike have done a lot of marathons over the years. So, in this video, we're going to be talking about all the things that we have learned, the types of kit that we use, the type of fueling that we uh, do when we're at either training or running a marathon. Hopefully, to give you guys who are running marathons sometime in the near future some useful guidance that you might actually be able to use. Right, let's dive in and chat about marathons. Evening, gentlemen. How are we doing? Fine. Yeah, I just told you two seconds ago. Why did we change the intro? <laughs> well, because you were banging on about some nonsense. I can't, can't keep it all in. All about that gain. He's obsessed with the gain Maximum on his mic. gains. Yeah. <laughs> just try not to overdo the gain, but I do, I do want to gain. Yeah, yeah. No pain, no gain. I don't even, yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about now. Um, <laughs> right, so this uh, episode of the podcast, it is marathon season almost. A lot of people are training for marathons mm-hmm. at the moment. We're all training for marathons at the moment. Um, yeah. We will be doing a London marathon special. We've all done London and three of us are doing London this year. So, But this episode is going to be more about general marathon advice chat and yeah just uh talking through all sorts of things from training to kit to those sorts of things yeah um, we're right in the meat of the training plan now right? everything's starting to mileage is starting yeah. to go up and there's suddenly a load of there's a load of products for example, i've just had in the house for a long time which i don't use apart from this exact time and that kind of thing <laughs> starts coming up because you you get a bit obsessive about recovery and stuff like that don't you suddenly mm. well let's let's start off with uh, the usual updates and this time it's going to be largely about marathon training so uh, mike what have you been up to? How's your uh, how's your London marathon training going? Training's all right. Um, like Nick said, kind of it's that point where you're starting to up up the kind of mileage. So this weekend or last weekend was meant to be my first long run, but I was out in Barcelona racing instead. So, but, what was the know, first was, long run meant to be? How far? I think it was 17. So that would oh, be the okay. longest I've done in a while. But um, I've just moved that to that'll be moved to this weekend. But uh, yeah, I did a bit of racing instead. But yeah, r- training's been going all right. I have uh, this is a period where I feel like people just get ill. Like yeah. the, the the mileage starts picking up. You know, the recovery, your immune system is kind of battered, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely being more mindful of the things I do around time, which I'm, you know, like you easy can ignore that stuff. So that yeah, just hitting that point where you know I haven't been around doing this kind of longer. Uh, kind of mileage for a while but it feels all good so far and yeah i mean barcelona the half was quite a nice kind of feeler to see where the pace is and stuff and yeah feels feel good at the moment so, so how did how did yeah. barker half go all right so i went i uh, kind of was aiming to do kind of around 130 which is not my quickest but i knew that you know if that's where i was at i mean my pace is kind of where roughly where it needs to be um i did one three two in the end, uh, I was testing the Hyperion Elite 4, which we've got a video in the channel about that with um, Kieran. And um, yeah, it was fine. Barcelona, I, Barcelona is where I did my first marathon, um, which was an eventful marathon, the classic first marathon. Did a lot, Made a lot of mistakes, did a lot of things wrong. Um, the half was nice and quick, flat, definitely kind of enjoyable, good conditions to race in. Um, one I definitely recommend so yeah it was a nice little half outing I will be doing another half marathon I'm not sure which one yet before London but I mean we'll see, yeah. run through with me Batsy Park P- possibly yeah yeah I mean that might may, may I mean how many laps is that nine twenty <laughs> I didn't book um, any time quick enough for that so I might, be doing, <laughs> might be doing Victoria Park the day after Mike if you want to do that instead <laughs> I prefer Vicky Park I think mm, it's a is that more still, laps I don't know it's eight laps is it yeah, I'll take yeah. whichever one has got the least amount of laps. <laughs> I people. think they're both 2.5k loops. <laughs> yeah, well, Bassey Park's actually quite wide, but I, well, I talked yeah. about it before when I did it before Christmas and it was just rammed, but I think this one's sold out, so it's not going to be a empty one. How are you guys doing with training <clears> and stuff? <throat> Uh, not bad. I think I, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting new frontiers for me. Like I'm doing the highest mileage I've ever done some new workouts. You know, I've worked with my coach for five, six years now, I think, but, um, we're hitting some areas I've never hit before. So did about 116 K last week and I hit 120, 125 this week. And it's, you know, two or three fairly unpleasant workouts each week. So it's, um, it's been, um, it's been great. I'm really enjoying it so far. Like, you know, just how much you can hit of it and, all the stuff that comes with that a lot, a lot of shoe testing which is good a lot of times to test shoes but uh, at the moment it's going pretty well uh just before i started doing these high mile weeks, i did my five mile pb which is quite fun in a in a race and now just just long stuff now really don't really go out the door and it's gonna be quite long and all the workouts 
like Wednesday workout, you know, it was a half marathon distance, didn't kind of realize till I got there. It's kind of like everything. And then you start looking at the workouts for the weekend mm. and it's, yeah, you do a park run, but you're doing 10K before and 8K after. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so it's another half marathon, um, more or less. Uh, so it's um, more than actually, Jesus, God, they are long. <laughs> um, I'm also run streaking. I realized this today. Didn't realize that. First wow, time in my congratulations. Life. Uh, I, I, I don't know when we do run streaks because I have a rest day each week, but the way my week now breaks down with it, the day I have my, my uh, youngest child, where it means that I just kind of do a little buggy run on that day and I don't have another rest day. So I'm now about, I'm coming up to 40 odd days now, I think. So oh, um, that's impressive. Well, uh, yeah, but um, not something I usually recommend or condone. <laughs> well, run streaking is slightly different when you're doing a structured training plan and all yeah. of those runs are for a reason isn't it and so yeah exactly yeah getting out every day because i basically moved my big workout from tuesday to wednesday each week to make time for the kid and then um that means i still i want to do a recovery run the day after a workout i think it you know helps so mm. that used to be my rest day and now it's a recovery run day then we're into the what's friday your, Saturday. what's your buggy what's your buggy pb uh i've not done any races with the buggy yet i'm just <laughs> doing local forest stuff it's held up very well against the mud in there actually i'll try and cover it in some way on the channel because it's been a really impressive piece of kit but i don't know if i can um the, the one that's um, Preston Park Run, the part run I do, has is, is got a really big hill. Yeah. Uh, and it rolls, it's quite a short, sharp hill, but it does decline for quite a while on this this really nice, like, flat. And all the people with buggies, but, like, they're in front, they're bombing it down because the buggies are basically pulling them down the hill. <laughs> and then, uh, so I spend most of the first kilometre trying to like, make sure I overtake any buggies. <laughs> uh, to go back up the hill i'd always do it because you meant to lock out the front wheel when you're using it which makes sense it makes it, it hits bumps better and it goes over them but um in my park run it's like it's a very steep downhill into a like right at right you know, right left what's well, a left turn but a right angle you know very sharp turn and you know, to do that normally like if we're in the forest mooching along at an easy pace i'll pop a little wheelie and just use the back wheels to make the turn because they're not uh, fixed but i don't think i should be doing that i'm gonna go out and try and hit a park <laughs> run hard um but yes yeah, so i'm not sure i'll do it helen did actually run with it on christmas day and ran her overall 5k pb she's in such good shape right now uh because she hasn't done one for ages um whilst using the buggy so that was pretty impressive probably needs to do uh, a run without the buggy because I think yeah. she's a 10k PB at the weekend and um, this is my wife I don't think I've told anyone about this but yeah my wife is called Helen uh, I think she did a 10k <laughs> and both halves were quicker than the 5k PB so. oh, I might have to get myself a buggy and stick the dog in it <laughs> your dog's already scared enough of you see if I can get PB <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah how's your uh, training going Tom uh, alright I'm struggling at the moment because I don't like training in winter and I'm struggling to uh, something keeps happening every week that means I, I miss a run and uh mm. yeah so i'm not I'm, I'm i got up to 85k i think last couple of weeks ago but i've meant to be increasing it but i haven't managed to the last two weeks i had a really bad week this last week because i was a bit ill so i only got to like 40k so it's not the not an ideal marathon training your, your marathon's a week earlier as well isn't it so <laughs> yeah but also i'm not actually i was really bothered about chicago and to almost as bothered as for berlin as i was about chicago but with boston it's like I got in now. I got the the time I needed. Now I'm yeah. less bothered about the time, and also it's harder than both yeah. those marathons. So you can be careful though, because there's a, there's a chance you just turn up at Boston one of those years. There's a tailwind basically the entire way, and you can absolutely smash a time. So you want to be in shape just yeah. in case. Well, I should I should be. Um, <laughs> should, I mean, I'm still I'm running as fast uh, as I have done at my peak. So just need this to get some long runs in. I've just got need the pro fours, mate. Just weekend. need the pro fours. Let change your life. <laughs> well, no sign of him yet, mate. So uh, I'll probably be using him for, uh, I don't know, London next year or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's, um, that's, we're going to be talking more about marathons in the main section. So no running fact today because I didn't have time to troll the internet for really good facts. <laughs> so facts. we're going back to celebrity marathon yes, times. This is yeah, one of the most popular favorite. features on the pod for sure. It is. It really, really resonates well with the, the listeners. Uh, <laughs> right. So your first one, so I, I, I had to go through all the ones that we've done before to make sure I hadn't done these before. So uh, Alicia Keys ran the New York marathon in 2015. Oof. What time do you think Alicia Keys got? Alicia Keys mm. seems fast. She does seem I'm fast. I know four fifteen. I reckon. Uh, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, four four seven four oh seven. You're way off. It's five fifty fifty two. Mm. I think she's. I think she's let herself down. I think Keys could go a lot quicker. Oh, Keysy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which Keysy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's a surprising one there, but um, yeah. Well, well, you were miles off, so not well done for that one. Uh, okay, Fair. another one of those in a bit. 
Okay, let's talk about kit. So there are a lot of new shoes out at the moment. Uh, we've got quite a few of them. What yes. are the highlights are this month with running shoes? It's gone a bit bananas and carbon, hasn't it? I don't know if we did yeah. we, we didn't cover the Cielo and the no, Puma Frost idea in the last pod. So talk about yeah. It. Yeah. it's Carbon City. We've we've got what, four <laughs> carbon shoes. We've got so we've tested the Puma and the Cielo. The reviews are up. Yeah. We've got the Endorphin Pro Four in to test, and the Brooks Hyperion Elite Four. A lot going on, Tom. I think I just did my first run in the Pro Four yesterday, and yeah, really liked it. I think there's a lot of similarities to previous versions. I think yeah. the top layer of HG foam they've got now is going to make it maybe a little bit more resilient over the long term. I, I did find the Pro Three maybe lost a little bit of its yeah. bounce in the forefoot for me in particular. So first work I did, I was really impressed. So I'm hoping that foam, and it wasn't at all harsh, which was my big. So I, the Endorphin Elite I found a bit, you know, broke me a little bit mm. over the course of a half marathon. But I did a half marathon distance workout in this, yeah. and it was really comfortable, like the Endorphin Pro Three. Just feels amazing when you put it on. Just really like, again, very relaxed but fast. Yeah. So again, the kind of thing where you can use it for a bit of even warming up and everything feels really good in it so yeah good strong start to that yeah lots of carbon though right mike <laughs> yeah i mean i think yeah we did the podcast before i mean i had the cielo x1 and i had that for a good while i managed to do i managed to race in it managed to do kind of a long marathon training run in it and i mean and it's kind of what i said in the video that's up on the channel is that it does give me kind of alpha fly vibes about it in terms of the feeling the kind of aggressive feel it feel of it now i haven't run in the alpha 3 and you know, nick is just really waiting to get his yellow x1 in so yeah, he can yeah. kind of do the kind of comparison of that but i think like for me i think the rocket x2 was a was a really great shoe i think from okay and i feel like this for me is a step up on that shoe and i think it's a really exciting shoe but i think there's been a lot of shoes that have come out you know in a very short space of time yeah. and trying to dedicate the time and you know the, and what you know we've got the you know we've had the elite the se elite v4 come in we've had see the the, the socking shoes coming as well and i'm also I want to kind of get back out in the CLX one and do some more runs in it, but it's 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 been a busy time, busy time for testing, um, and yeah. I think exciting time. If you're in, into your racing shoes, I mean, there is a lot to talk about and to te- for us to test mm. at the moment. It feels like with the Cielo and the um, Puma, I think there's a couple of brands there who've now produced a shoe they hadn't really produced before, like a really big, bouncy, impressive shoe. And yeah. That's maybe, we've got to the other side of the scale with Brooks. You know, I've only done one run in the period, you've raced in it, but <laughs> it feels like they're still hitting the exact same notes they kind of did with their previous shoes. They've still not really got the foam in there necessarily that other brands do, but mm. yeah, um, but still charging the same kind of price. So obviously we've got the full review of the Brooks to come, but I wasn't, yeah, I was a bit, I, when we saw the leaks last year, I thought, okay, they've gone out and they've 40 mil stack, they've brought in a new foam and they've kind of tweaked the foam, but it's still, you know, the same kind of stuff. So it's hasn't been leaked forward for me. So I think most brands are now kind of hitting a similar level. So it's interesting mm. when someone doesn't actually, I think. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's getting a- very tricky. Yeah, I, I, quite a few people have asked me about the Hocker, um, which obviously I've not tested, but people are looking at that shoe now as a, even if they haven't tried it, they're, they're looking at it as as a, an option where they might get that instead of the Alpha Fly Three because yeah. they're very similar price now. And previously you might buy, you know, look at the, the Hocker Rocket X or something because you wanted a cheaper version. But now you know people are actually tossing up which one to get out of those two, which is a, which is really tricky because if you're spending that much money on a shoe, yeah. you want it to be perfect. Don't you? Some people will. That will be their only race shoe for the next year or so. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a tough one. Well, that's why we're here, isn't it? <laughs> Very much so, Tom. That's why we're here, to tell everyone, ah, oh, they're all much of muchness. Yeah, <laughs> apart from the Brooks. <laughs> yeah, apart from the Brooks so far. So far. I mean, you rated it, Mike. How was the Brooks in there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the thing for me. And I've also, I've been kind of privy to the conversations with the Brooks team, which stuff I can't talk about yet, but they are kind of working on. And I think they've been pretty open and honest about the performance side of things that they know they've got to do some work there um they won't really kind of know to me kind of divulge what they're going to do and what they're going to change they're going to make but i think they're very aware that they're they're a bit behind in terms of the competition i think with the hyperion elite four and now my experience was that it was fine it, it worked fine in that race but ultimately it it's just it didn't feel too different from what i experienced in the in the three and it does just feel like a kind of quick daily trainer but then i think if you compare it to some other daily trainer shoes or quick daily trainer that you c- could race in it's, it didn't feel like it offered more or mm. from that from my point of view offered more over those and when you're paying that type of money and you're looking at if you pay a little bit extra what you could get or maybe a little yeah. bit less it just it's, it's a hard sell it's a hard sell with a shoe like mm. that and i think yeah it's got a bit of catching up to do are there any saving graces is it is it tailored towards maybe 
a runner that wants more stability and a sturdier midsole foam than some of the other super shoes. Sturdier, but I think if you're that kind of runner, you might also be looking for more comfort. And I think it's going to beat you yeah. up your feet over the course of mm. some longer events yeah. more than the other ones. But okay. hey, maybe it will break in and wow us a bit more um, with a couple yeah. more runs. But um, yeah. Okay. yeah, it's a big price. That's actually a tip of the hat on Tosokoli on the uh, Endorphin Pro yeah. 4 that they haven't bumped the price up, actually. That was a real surprise. I I think I said on the last week, last month's post, yeah. the days of the this price super shoe are over. And um, mm. I may sent a video with you, Tom, uh, about Maybe a very shrewd move by them. Yeah, especially as they've got the elite in the lineup. You just don't want to. You don't mm. want to end up with just two people picking between shoes very close together in price, not really knowing why they're picking between them, kind of thing. So it's yeah, well, and it's they're really well. realizing after two oh. races that they've made a mistake and they've <laughs> got the other one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that yeah, when they rip the outsole off. Well, yeah, that's not what <laughs> that's a, that's a warm up run. Uh, so uh, and then that's the the, the race shoes, but. Uh, there are a few cushion shoes out, specifically the Cloud Monster Two, yeah. uh, which you've all been testing. I haven't tested that yeah. one. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, like, I, I wasn't a massive fan of the original Cloud Monster, but I could definitely appreciate that for from an on point of view. That was a really important shoe for them, and it felt like a step in the right direction. And I think I was kind of expecting big things from the Cloud Monster Two. I think particularly with what we see with the Cloud Surf and the Cloud Eclipse, and maybe a move away from the traditional on but i think it's been pretty unanimous in the video that myself and nick and kieran have done is that i feel like the changes haven't necessarily made it a better cloud monster i think i think the main thing for me is that i just notice it more if that extra weight has made different you know made a difference to me in a kind of a negative way and i think mm. having that extra kind of stacking and the change in the mid so i don't think it's made it a better shoe ultimately. is it the same thing there is yeah it's a dual, more, yeah, yeah 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 they still got the helion and cloud tech yeah set up okay. there's more it's just yeah. it's, like, it's a six millimeter higher stack but yeah. it's just one of those things with that that conversation we're talking about cloud tech still but cloud tech <laughs> is a fairly heavy and hard phone yeah. so the fact that it's a 35 millimeter shoe that weighs more than most 40 millimeter shoes yeah and isn't particularly soft so it is a very acquired taste and mm. you know you've got to keep some shoes around i guess for the people who've loved on for a long time and want want that feeling but the cloud monster original had more of that feeling and was better all around yeah. so yeah uh, yeah mm. i it wasn't a big it wasn't a big hit for me i having the first one grew on me quite a lot but the second one i think just yeah i think like mike says a bit bigger a bit less you know kind of useful to me i'd say all right okay so let's uh do a quick uh any a tech we need to know about I'm not, i've not seen there's not been lots going on at the moment was it was exciting email today and the launch today uh, of the new bose open ultra headphones but so both have had some open headphones available in america that we never got to test they never came to the uk no. and then they were ever well, i was talking to them trying to get hold of them they never seemed to be putting that much into them like so they obviously had something in the pipeline they've got these new ones that are almost clip on to your ear down the bottom mm-hmm. and kind of sit on the outside of it and Basically, they're going big because you know expensive. They're three hundred dollars, and going massive on audio quality for open headphones is the key. And it's this idea they're creating this big immersive sound environment. And there's two uh, two music modes: one when you're still, and one for where you're in motion. So they're projecting the sound almost in front of you at all times, and it, it sounds pretty incredible. And the earlier reviews, oh, we haven't got them yet. I've, you know, in theory, mine are on the way, um, but um, <laughs> as uh, we love saying, on the way, it happens to us a lot here in the UK now. <laughs> um, but the only reason pretty good from you know audio dedicated websites so that's quite exciting because obviously we have a, a much lower standard for audio quality as for sports headphones you know as long as they stay in our heads that's a big tick mainly <laughs> so i'm pretty excited testing those i've always been a bit of a bose fanboy because i've always made really comfortable headphones and their kind of natural sound profile suits my music so i've always liked them quite a lot <laughs> so i'm hoping mm. these will be good yeah you've really got a want some fantastic sound for open-air headphones if you're going to be spending $300. Well, absolutely. Like, I just reviewed another set of open headphones, actually. They are just... It's just... It's, it's, you know, I was, and the end of the was like, okay, I mean, they they sound pretty good, but they are the same price as things like the Jabra Elite 8 Active, and mm. those are obviously going to sound better. They're in-ear headphones with better... And have ANC and things like that. So, you know, I like open headphones, but there are times when you, you can't use them. I use them most of the time because in the house, it's fine. It sounds fine. But yeah. You can't use them when you're traveling. Uh, in the office, I don't really like using them that much. So it's... It does 
for something that feels like it's got a, you know it's always going to have a, ve- a fairly limited use case for me it'll be fine because i could use them nearly all the time because i really very rarely leave the house if i can possibly help it <laughs> apart from to run or collect <laughs> children that's my only time to leave the house <laughs> your children <laughs> yeah usually my children usually yeah. nearly always let's just say that <laughs> uh cool okay well uh, i think i'll do is for kit let's uh do one more on the um marathon celebrity marathon time and i know i haven't done this one ethan hawk oh uh, the he Hawk also ran the new york marathon in 2015 <laughs> Hmm. He feels like a guy. You go, oh, Ethan Hawke would be quick. Sounds like a, a bird, step. but but a doesn't. That probably is like a like a, a gym bunny and doesn't do much cardio, and maybe isn't that quick. That would be my guess. So I four thirty. 348. I'm back in the Hawkster. I reckon the Hawkster. Oh, blimey, that's a big one. Uh, he, uh, very good, Nick. 4253. Oh, nice. Really good. Really getting your head around these now. Yeah. <laughs> as you can remember, that most people just don't do very much running and <laughs> so yeah, don't yeah, yeah. like as much as we do. That's take about. I just there. wanted to believe. I just wanted to believe know, you yeah. put the training in. <laughs> you really want one celeb. You just ask and he goes, Yeah, you ran a, <laughs> do you ran a 222. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Will Ferrell ran a 222. <laughs> on the set of Anchor Man. <laughs> he did a marathon. I know he did a half at run through. He probably has. He does love the run through, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I reckon he probably has. There's a guy in, um, in the US. Like Russell Crowe seems to pitch up a few, but um, mm. um, but yeah, no, it would be lovely though if someone was just like, yeah, I mostly act, but I, I'm also uh, like a, I also got the Olympic qualifying time. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think you'd know if I put through someone like that into it. Yeah, good though. <laughs> okay, let's move on. In later in or well, could in a couple of months we're going to do be doing a specific video on uh, a specific podcast on London Marathon. This time we're just giving advice, talking about our training and the sort of kit that we use for that training. So let's jump in. I thought the best way to kick this off would be to talk about the types of training we do and the sort of times we're aiming for in marathons. So when people are listening to this, they can get a good idea of who they should be listening to. So, Mike, what's your aim for London Marathon? So, aim for London Marathon is to definitely get around unscathed, but if training goes all right and training has been fine so far, um, aim is to go quicker than the last one that I did were all my quickest, which was 3.24. So, if I can get below that, I'll be very, very happy. I mean, re- optimistically, I'd love to run like kind of around 3.10, 3.15 if I'm fully fit and feel good. Um, so, that's kind of, you know, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself in terms of what I want to do. But I mean, ultimately, that's where I'm kind of aiming around. That's realistically what I think I can do and get around in that time. So okay. we'll see. Training is, uh, yeah, training is well in progress. So, <laughs> Nick, uh, what's your aim for the for London? London, I'm aiming to PB. So I'm looking to run uh, 227, basically sub 228, which is 3.30 per K pace. Five thirty-five miles. Oh, no, so yeah, about three thirty per k pace. I'm okay. Um, so that's the aim. My current PB is two twenty-eight thirty odd, and I've never really nailed London. I'd like to really nail London uh, for the first time and get round with a PB. Kind of paces and training at the moment are kind of easy. It's like four forty-five to five, I guess four thirty to five, depending how fresh I am, which is not very fresh. And then yeah, down towards marathon paces at around pretty tempo effort. I'd say so. Okay. Yeah, you Tom. Uh, so my PB last year in Berlin was two fifty three, fifteen. I think I know that because it was, uh, I think it was thirty seconds faster than Andy's attempt in Valencia. <laughs> right, um, so, so just based on needle, basically. I, was say, I don't really know seconds, but if you're doing it based on needle, then fair enough. Yeah. Well, I, I, when I did Chicago, I really cared about the time, so it was like ingrained on my mind. But Berlin, I just wanted a PB, yeah. but I, I didn't really have a focus on it. So Boston, I would like a PB, but I don't. It, it's highly unlikely, I think, because I don't think I'm going to... I'm basically training a bit harder than I was, or I should be training a bit harder than I was for Berlin. And I've seemed to retain my speed from Berlin, but, yeah, I just don't... I, I, I'm not as bothered about this, so I think it might that might have a mental impact on how well I do. But I would like I would like to get about 255 in, in, in Boston. You want to get your Boston time in Boston. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I want to continue to get my good for age time. Of course, yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right, so leading on from that, what type of 
Mike, what, what does your training look like for a marathon? What is it? What is like your average week for your sort of plan that you're using? So I'm using, I'm actually using an app that you recommended to me, Tom. So it's the Run With How one. It's the one oh, I yeah. started to use uh, when I was training for London last year. And it is um, it's a free and a paid version for it. It's pretty pretty straightforward. It kind of, you know, you build it based on the times, when you're doing it, when you're going to do the marathon, and then it will build you a plan. You kind of it, it links with my Garmin. It actually only works with Garmin at the moment, which is slightly frustrating. If I'm testing other stuff, I'm testing the Polar. Back, got the Polar back on my wrist again, so not ideal. But it will kind of pull the the runs in, give you those kind of recommended runs, give you a breakdown of the type of run you're doing. And I've kind of gone. I haven't gone for the kind of looks like kind of beginner, intermediate, kind of advanced plans because of where I'm at and where you know I'm kind of playing catch up. I've kind of gone for a kind of intermediate plan. So it's probably not what I would usually kind of follow so maybe the mileage is not the usual that i would have to probably do but it means that i can there's probably a lot of a lot more base runs in there a lot more and a lot more of the longer runs become a nearer to the weekend so friday saturday sunday so yeah it's 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 it can adapt based on what i put in and you know it works well for me it's very easy plan to follow as i said because i generally will be running with a garmin of some kind it can pull my runs through and adapt based on the runs i'm doing and it's, it's just a very easy app to use i've been using the paid version you know i don't have a coach so i've always kind of relied on kind of training apps and apps in general to and they've been five me before it's the first time i've used this and yeah it seems to be i mean i really liked using it last year when i was start you know the first few months with it so i've kind of stuck with it and it, it's just it's just a very easy app to follow and follow in terms of my training are you using the paid for version because i'm the using one. the paid for version yeah. yeah yeah because the paid for version i think gives you a little bit more in terms of the the kind of a, the, the kind of adjustable Adapting feedback and stuff yeah yeah and yeah yeah that's what i did when i was using it yeah um all right nick you we, we know you've got a coach what does your <laughs> training look like in an average week yeah, I'm a coach, so I get it kind of week by week, my training, rather than having the whole block kind of mapped out. Uh, at the moment, I'm doing quite high mileage for me. I'm up to about 115, 120K at the moment, the highest mileage I've done. Usually, it's pretty relaxed start of the week because I don't do a, the only run I can do on a Tuesday is a buggy run when I have my kid. Uh, so I just do a relaxed run there. And then Wednesday is usually a big workout. Friday is usually, it's like, a, well, it's like a steady hour is what we do it. So that's, it's not quite tempo pace, but it will be at, you know, a decent, uh, decent speed. And then big workout Saturday, usually or you know big long run sunday or a combination of both but yeah so quite a lot of the weekends and wednesdays are the big hard days mm. filled in with easy running around that um so it's similar to what i've done for the past you know the other workouts i've done but my schedule's changed a little bit so the mileage is higher now i'm able to get out for a bit more so it's yeah probably a harder block than i've ever done before actually i think it's fair mm. to say and i'm a more enjoyable block as well it's good to have a bit of a challenge after a few years of doing marathons mm. well I've, you, I've, i'm doing six days a week as well well i'm meant to be doing six days a week but my my my, I've got a coach, Liz, uh, and I did, and she's the one who coached me to Berlin, um, my T five three. So I've stuck with her for this, and my yeah, I've got six days a week. Three of those days are pretty. No, two of those days are pretty easy. One is park run. One is a long run, <laughs> uh, and the long runs at the moment. So when I did Berlin, at this point, I'd have just been doing long runs, but now all of my long runs have tempo elements in them so you know you do like i think one on sunday is 18 miles with three sets of four miles at nearly marathon pace or a bit slow nice. at marathon pace and then i've got then i, I do uh well i'm doing track at the moment on wednesdays but i'm not shouldn't really be doing track i need to be doing longer um sessions uh but yeah so six days uh and it's you know those those hard ones are quite tough though i'm not looking forward to um <laughs> the sunday I will say one big thing that's always been a big thing of my coach uh, Andy is uh, progression runs and marathons it's, it's, so I'd usually do one of those in the week just even as part of you know start easy so it's, it's pretty much an easy run because you won't be finishing that fast but lots of progression runs where you're finishing at a faster pace working a bit harder by the end which I think yeah. for me is really good mentally for simulating marathon where you, you know it will feel easy at the start but gets harder okay. as you go and so long runs big long runs normally be doing yeah easy to steady or something like that or finishing fast for a half hour at the end just to put some hard miles on tired legs I just miss doing normal long runs. Now, <laughs> there's nothing worse than you know thinking, "Oh God, I don't even want to do this." By about uh, 40 minutes in, and now you've got up the pace. Uh, <laughs> the rest of it. Well, I did a big half and half 20 miler at the weekend, so it's first half pretty easy, second half steady. Mm. So it's 10 miles of steady is coming up. It really makes the first 10 feel very easy, though, which is good.
so talking about long runs, fueling for your long runs. So what? What? How do you do? You fuel when you're training, <laughs> or do you just get through through it on whatever you've eaten? I fuel pretty hard. I'll say. <laughs> Usually there's something to test. Actually, this block, I haven't had anything to test. And it's coincided with a, a friend of mine. Uh, well, it's not coincided, but basically I've got a friend who's a sponsored Morton athlete. So I've been managed to get my little hands on quite a lot of Morton. So I've been using it a lot more. than Because usually I'd buy some and save it for the marathon itself. But now every session I basically, yes, anything where I'm going to be hitting a hard run that's 40 minutes plus, I will have a Morton drink beforehand. Blimey. I'm going to go hour and 30. I will, I will bring something with me and have it on the way because... It's, 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 it also just massively helps with the recovery, I find, to actually be adequately fueled and then bouncing back to either work or look after a kid afterwards or just know that you've got to run the day after. So, yeah, I will have yes, three or three times a week probably. I'll be having more stuff beforehand and after and it's, or something. You know, it doesn't have to be more. And I, will, I also use the OTE drink and uh, some old SIS bars as well, which are definitely out of date, but only makes them stronger <laughs> probably. No, uh, um, no gels then? For the long runs? Uh, uh, I will occasionally take a gel on a long run as well. That's usually Morton as well, but I tend to carry drinks. So I carry drinks on the race day. I like to remind myself what that feels like. So a lot of long runs, I'll be carrying drinks just to remind myself mm. of that feeling of having the loaded drinks on the back, um, which is, is fine. I, I really don't mind, but it's good to practice it. So practice, you, a lot of practicing now already for fueling. Yeah. By you, Mike. Yeah, I think mainly just for the longer runs, I think um, just where I'm kind of probably replicating the type of paces that I would be doing during that race. So it's, I, I find it useful to do that and I will mainly do it for longer runs. I think the kind of the, the runs during the week where I'm not probably doing those kind of those longer distances, I'm probably not as, you know, focused on doing that stuff. But I think I would kind of have some kind of electrolytes or, you know, eat when I should be eating when I generally would be before a and I'm thinking of racing, so, you know, giving myself enough time. And then I would take gels because ultimately I will, you know, I want to make sure I'm pr- I'm getting used to that. Or, you know, I've done it for years, but still getting used to that fact of taking the gels when I need to take the gels, taking them at the right times that I know has worked for me in races. I'm just kind of rep- trying to replicate that. I don't do it for every session, but I think generally, I, you know, for my longer runs, that is something that I do pay a little bit more attention to do but you know during the other runs i will try and do things in and around that time to make sure you know that i'm going to make the most out of those runs but i think it's particularly for those longer runs for me where i feel i need to do that and really replicate what i would be feeling or would want to feel during kind of those kind of race conditions mm, i better do anything <laughs> I, may, I may have got my fueling game on like sorted for race day but i barely ever use any fueling but i'd say over 25k i might take a gel <laughs> it's That's hard efforts it. man it's it's pretty tough on the body like uh i think i, I know and i just feel so much better running you know if i'm gonna go do a workout i've had a car group beforehand like the difference yeah. in feel is is ridiculous so i know it's worth mm. doing and it's you know actually yeah. it comes a point when you've also got to think a bit about calories as well which is well, I, was do- I was doing a lot in uh last in the summer when i was training in the summer for chicago and berlin because it was so hot i was drinking a lot of electrolyte drinks because it's winter i could not just not thought about it so well, maybe, one thing I do do on the old drinks front now is um, I've started using the like, multivitamin, basically Barocca, but you know the cheap Barocca from Tesco or something like that, um, and popping that in a drink in the morning, and that's a, that's that's quite a nice little touch for the winter. I find getting you know a bit mainly because you. Oh, I always have one of them in the morning. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Years of hard babies drinking. <laughs> but yeah, those. Um, I, I had some of the OTE ones of them, the ones that say wellness, and it's a massive psychological thing, but. Those feel better than the Tesco <laughs> brand ones, but they can't be right. It's just, it's just vitamins in a, in a pill, in a, ta- in a fizzy tab. But yeah. it feels like, yeah, 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 this is for serious days. I'll have these ones. And then uh, for the rest of the time, I'll be in my Tesco owned brand Baroque. Well, I'm still I on the meet- precision yeah. fuel and hydration. Yeah. Well, well, I'm getting the ones that are multivitamins, not electrolytes. So I only have the electrolytes oh, okay. uh, for when I'm yeah thinking about like a long run in the, and it's a bit hotter or something like that. These, these are yeah, multivits for, for the old protect from illnesses. Yeah, I think that's yeah, the thing right. for me as well. Yeah, like the immune, you know, just remembering how battered your immune system gets, and I think it's just easy to, you know, think you've had a good run and then actually you've been fine, and it probably hits you probably a couple of days later or when you least <laughs> expect it. So, yeah. yeah. That's, All right. What about recovery reason. then? Uh, I don't do anything for recovery. <laughs> I don't have any sort of proteins or anything. Do, I'm guessing you do, Nick. Well, I did. Like when I'm running. A lot of my marathons I've run probably on 80k a week, 80 to 100k a week, up to now. You know, I've not, and I don't, I didn't really bother. So now, the last two weeks, I've brought out, you know, now I'm going, oh, whatever, 100k a week. I've got the SAS recovery drink that I've had for a few years and just bring it out for basically these weeks. And after the two big workouts each week or the long run each week, I will have 
one of those. And again, it, the difference in how you feel is actually remarkable. Like, kind of even makes me think I should have been having it after big workouts other times as well, because nearly always after big workout, no matter what I do with let flights and everything like that, later in the day, mm. I'll be slumped, have a bit of a headache, you know, stuff like that. And with this, I, yesterday I had a really hard workout. I bounced back really nicely. Um, I think it does help quite a lot. So yeah, in terms of actual stuff to have, I used to just go purely on food, but having this straight after workout is the other big thing because I yeah, I'd get home, shower, get distracted, need to get back to my desk, do a bit of work, all mess around with, uh, you know, kids games and stuff which is not messing around it's very fun but um i do that and i wouldn't have stuff to, i don't know you know by the time i'd cooked a meal it'd probably be a bit outside mm-hmm. the ideal time so yeah this drink has helped i think all right time for another marathon please celebrity time definitely okay pamela anderson new york marathon in 2013 your marathon is hard as well because it is a hard marathon. You know, mm. people can really bomb out on the hills. DNF. I'm going DNF. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cried off DNF. I reckon she just partied, partied the whole way around, waving at the crowd like a <laughs> like a yeah a, a five twenty. Soaking it all in. Yeah, you're you're not far. Five forty one oh two. Nice. Yeah. She, so you're mean, getting very good at these, Nick. I, I just know Pamela, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you, you do follow her. Kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, another one of those in a bit. All right, so we talked a bit there about fueling and recovery, but when it comes to training and recovery with tech, do you actually use it? Is there anything you find useful or do you not use it? Mike? I, I mean, I did mention a little bit, but yeah, I do. I mean, whether is I mean, this is always the thing with these things, whether it actually is doing anything, but for me, I have, kind of leaned on using stuff i do use the kind of theragun recovery boots i mean they're great i sit up on the you know on my sofa lie on my sofa watch tv put them on i feel like they're doing something i feel like they're doing something so um and the massage gun i think i use i I mean actually use it for kind of warm-up but also um kind of afterwards as well so i wouldn't use i mean i wouldn't use everything all at once i mean like you know in one go but i think like using some of it sometimes i think is it has helped me i do think it has made a difference for me and it's it feels like i'm doing something extra on top of doing the things that you would expect to do in terms of your you know when you you you're kind of battered from a, a run and you kind of need to rebuild that system so i do um whether it does make a huge amount of difference i don't know but i, f- I like to feel that particularly something like the boots do kind of work quite nicely and just easy to throw on as well so and you don't use anything do you nick I don't use anything like that. Uh, I I've got loads of watches and rings on at the moment, and using an app called HRV Training, and that's more actually for testing them because I, I tend to go quite a lot on feel on that kind of stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if I'm run down, I know I'm run down. But it's good to test mm-hmm. if the apps and the watches know I'm run down, or I use it a bit as a confirmation bias. But I use a you know I have a Garmin all the time, so the training readiness I think is just interesting for me to see. I I wouldn't base what I do training wise on that, but. I like to, you know, it's, it's interesting if it does fluctuate in the way I expect it to. And then uh, the Aura Ring, I think it's still quite a useful hand. It is very good at spotting like little bits of illnesses, which I do crop up from time to time. So uh, over the weekend, actually had something like that. And um, that's quite interesting to know, to limit intensity, that kind of thing. The HRV training app in the morning is quite interesting to see as well. Just again, it, all this stuff I think is trends you've got to look at, not actual what they say in terms of... Um, what they think you should do. I think that's never really the best way to go about it. But if you know a product really well, like I know Garmin's trading rating stat really well, having used it for a couple of years now. I know this HRV app region where I used it before as well. So if I know the trends it's showing, I, I you know I can tell how that really actually equates to what I'm um, how I'm feeling and or going to be likely to perform on the run. I could tell yesterday before my workout I was probably a little bit off in terms of where I might expect to hit pace-wise and stuff like that. It gives you a little bit of reassurance, I think, if you go into a workout with that attitude, knowing that there might be reasons you're not going to smash it out of the park every single time. So I like all that kind of stuff, but mostly I'm testing it rather than it helping me, I think, uh, because I do think it's interesting to test those things during really heavy marathon training when they should be at their most useful, but also can come a cropper and just get things wrong quite a lot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I, I've got used Garmin and everything. I'll get the um, information back. Well, I think I don't really find it that useful most of the time i think 95 percent of the time i know if i'm tired yeah. or if i overtrained and if you're training for a marathon and you're 
doing mileage and you've got specific structured training in, you probably will know because you know how much you no- you normally do, you know how much you've increased it by, you know if the session is harder and all those sorts of things. So, but I do find it useful sometimes to sort of check just to see just to see what it says because, like you say, sometimes you'll you'll do a run and you may feel okay at the start, but you you might not notice that you know you you should technically be have quite a low body battery. Um, so when you when you look at the when you look at the watch, so I do find it interesting from that perspective. I think it's probably useful more useful people who don't have a structured training or don't really yeah. follow a plan. So you might one week you might do. 50k the next week might do nothing and that gives you a bit of a, a, a better view on what your training really looks like in terms of your body battery but yeah i don't tend to it doesn't shape my training basically no and it wouldn't obviously because i've got a coach but I do, I, yeah it's nice to have a little comment like i think the training load stats are actually quite good on watches because that's quite a simple you know you know they just look at in rough intensity and i wear a chest strap so it's getting a decent heart rate reading in and yeah. intensity and load and you, you know just to look at that graph proceeding correctly and the you know garmin thinking i'm fit enough to suddenly raise this mileage and not suddenly but raise my mileage and do more hard workouts you know it's not a problem it's not like it's saying no you're 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 not you can't do this every single day it's just you know it's about suggesting i am ready for it all the time and well bouncing back in time for another hard workout two days later which is you know what you want if you've had a hard day and you've trained hard you want it to be low don't you you don't look at it go oh yeah exactly yeah 75 percent what's the yeah so what when i went and did my brother's 40th pub crawl the weekend my training was obliterated and i was an absolute mess um i did it straight after a 20 miler but um the watch every wearable picked up on that that's not surprising that's quite easy i, I know I was yeah. not in a good way when i got home mike do you use them yeah i think i'm probably similar to to nick i think it's it's more a guidance i think i think the training readiness is probably one of the most the more interesting things i think has been added in terms of the wearable space and i think it just gives you very simple you know reassurance in terms of well maybe you are you know you do feel good and it, it the data that it's and the sensors that it's getting that information for feel reliable enough for me to say, well, actually, this is telling me something that is going to be useful. I think that's one that I've mainly paid attention to. I wear the Aura as well, too. And I think, you know, sleep tracking, which a lot of these devices are pushing a lot more in sleep tracking. I think how much do I use that information? Probably not a huge amount. It's generally on my kind of finger to kind of compare against other devices that I'm testing. But I think the Garmin is generally on my on my wrist. I think um, Polar as well. I'm testing it. I've got the Polar back on, and I think the sleep tracking is very strong on that watch as well. And I think there's there's things you can take from kind of Polar's approach, which I think can be really useful in terms of informing what you should do. But ultimately, it shouldn't be telling you exactly what you should do. It's kind of giving you a bit of a kind of a, r- a rough kind of feeling about what maybe you know some guidance there. So I think the, the training readiness is a good example of where devices like uh, Garmin's and other watches need to go in terms of delivering that kind of information and actually being information that you can kind of take on board. Okay, let's dive into the big question then, shoes. (laughs) So... We're going to do a video soon. Nick, you're going to do this video soon, aren't you, on marathon shoes, marathon rotations? Yeah, we did the best marathon shoes a couple of years ago, which has a lot of sections, shoes for different kinds of people, different kinds of approaches in terms of racing and training, uh, and we'll have that video coming up soon. But I suppose here I would probably talk more about what you kind of rotation you need in marathon mm. training, which might be different to your rotation outside of marathon training, would be for me, definitely, like because yeah. everything just gets a bit longer, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I find as well that people's marathon training shoes, uh, marathon training rotation, those that do have a rotation, can vary can vary different from what you'd normally wear. Like you say, yeah. um, I've got shoes that I've been pulling out recently for runs that I've not used them for, for quite a long time because mm. I've done marathons since September. So, right, okay, um, Mike, what... What types of shoes would you have in your rotation for the type of training that you do? So I think the main ones for me, so I definitely have something that's pretty cushioned that I would use for those kind of long runs, which are, you know, there's not a bigger emphasis on me running close to my kind of race pace or more up-tempo race, something nicely cushioned that's going to be comfortable, that is going to feel comfortable from, you know, start to finish. That is a shoe that I will use and I will have in my rotation. I definitely like having a kind of, up-tempo style daily trainer one that if i need to mix up the paces in a run or it's a run where i particularly want to go a little bit quicker in and that is a shoe that i would have and then i will have the shoe that i'm probably looking to race in and i will use that for kind of my longer runs at the kind of marathon pace i would save it just for those runs that's kind of how 
how we treat it to give me a good sense of how I'm going to feel on those longer runs at the pace that I'm aiming for and how it's going to feel to run in the shoes. So those kind of, I think that's probably, it's probably the three shoes that I probably kind of rotate between in, for my marathon training and they will probably serve me best for the types of runs I'm going to be doing. Go on then, Nick. So I probably have quite polarised. You know, I, when I do easy runs, they, I, you know, they're very easy at this point. So it would actually be a cushioned cruiser, you know, nothing, nothing stable. I'll probably aim for one that's quite stable as well. <laughs> the idea will give me a bit more support as well. But then the work I do, so I'll probably, what I like to have is, it's either a super trainer, like it's going to be like something like the endorphin speed, that kind of thing, the Boston, or the equivalent without a plate, which means something like the Rebel or the Mac, you know, fast shoes, uh, that will do easy to steady runs. Uh, steady runs, like like the hour I have coming up on Friday, which will be a you know, decent pace the whole way. I mean, my first run in the endorphin speed, that's the kind of shoe that excels at that kind of run, just holding a decent pace over time get a bit of help from the uh, plate or just a lightweight shoe like the rebel and then actually for long hard workouts like i probably would use carbon shoe and things get a bit you know get quite expensive in my marathon shoe rotation is probably the way to put it you know i would i'd be using a race day shoe quite a lot with an eye on you know maybe splashing the cash on a newer version uh, a new one for races mm. itself but um yeah i think the workouts start hitting really hard it would be either the best super track so the speed is one that can do those workouts or always has been able to do the endorphin speed so maybe that would cover it off some of them as many as possible to save the race day shoe but i'd probably use it reasonably regularly actually in a really hard week just because you know those workouts are hard there's lots more mileage to come and they protect the legs quite well but yeah when i can it will be a yeah like a, a nylon plate or no plate at all uh, just to uh give you a bit more feel uh, where you are in terms of fitness and also just take a plate out of the equation there's always those slight things in the back of the mind you should be using a plate issue too much but it's not negatively affecting me so far how about mm. you tom what do you got in your rotation uh, so at the moment when i did chicago i was quite strict in that i had a really comfortable basically the more v3 at the time like a really comfortable easy day shoe which i was just doing my little easy runs and then i was using a hot Mac 5 for all of the training runs where i was running faster and then either, uh, well, it would always be an older calm plate shoe, basically, or one I was testing for, yeah. for the hard sessions. Because when I'm doing a hard session and I've got to maintain the pace, like marathon pace or something like that, I do find it quite hard. So I basically want all the help I can get <laughs> on those runs because yeah. uh, I, I, I want to enjoy it as much as possible. But recently for so the training I'm doing now, I'm doing a similar thing to what you're doing. So I'm really only using an easy day shoe because most half of my runs are easy day uh, runs. And then the three other runs are actually quite hard because I don't really do a long run that doesn't have a harder bit in it, basically. Yeah. So I need help on those. So I'm basically <laughs> using uh, yeah, old super shoes. So I'm pulling out the Saucony Pro 3s, things like that, older Alpha Flies and stuff for those runs, just because when, you, when you've got to maintain a specific pace, I'm going to do anything I can to make that as enjoyable as possible, especially when you're doing for like 18 miles or something. So, um, yeah, uh, at the moment, it's basically an easy day shoe and then super shoes. Yeah, we're all, we're all gone soft, basically. We're falling, falling into the loving embrace of our super shoes when we can. And uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. who knows where we'd be without them. But uh, it does make you feel very smug when you do do a decent long run like I did in the Rebel and you go, I didn't use a plate today. I'm, I'm amazing. I feel so smug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really happen very much with me. I think I did one a while. I think I, I, used, I, think I used a Super Blast a little bit for Berlin for yeah. some of the tempo. Obviously, runs. we're very fortunate we get sent a lot of shoes but i think now quite a lot of runners in, of our kind of position do have those older race day shoes that become mm. workout shoes and then you, yeah you know you have a newer one for the race itself uh, which is crazy you know it's big money but um yeah. it's you know <laughs> it's a still fairly cheap sport all around right right okay <laughs> well i think that'll uh, i think i'll do is for marathon kit chat do you want uh, to talk about my ufos slippers no <laughs> no nobody asked about that you, have you got some ufos slippers nick these are these are a big help to recovery. I do love these. They've, they've, they've barely left my feet of late. Are you going to be talking about them in uh, the monthly? I'll whack them in a monthly uh, in a monthly Good. roundup. Can, They're um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Don't have to talk about them now. Just <laughs> <laughs> so wanted to make sure I saw Tom's reaction to them. Okay, guys, let's have one more marathon celebrity marathon time. Celebrity marathon time. Ed Norton. Whoa. Yeah, did you, I bet you didn't know he did done a marathon. New York 2009. They always do New York. New York marathon 2009. Yeah, which does affect things because it's, like I said, it's a hard marathon. But, um, but Ed Norton yeah, is a little won, bit, you know, mentally, he's like full on, isn't he? he he's, and he's, he he's, you know, he's a whippet. He, he, he's got the build. So you'd think, but they're always, like I say, they're always slower than we think they're going to be. I'll give him a three, a three, a three forty. Mike? Yeah. 335. Whoa. It's going lower. 
In fact, it's 348. Uh, okay, so good. Pretty decent. Yeah, it's good, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did uh what did Brad Pitt do it in? I don't know. I don't think Brad Pitt's ever done one, has he? It's a little fight club. Shame on fight him. club reference. Shame well, on what him. was that fight Wardy. club Oh, because they're in a he film was... together, right. Well, they're, they're both yeah. the same person, aren't they? So, what? yeah, it's good. Yeah. A lot of people really like that, I think, out there in audio land. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you like that, uh, I, I would say go. Come, let's go comment, then, please. Uh, please more, comment. Yeah, more... <laughs> right. Right observation. I took a sideways look at the facts, Tom. Yeah, if anyone's still listening to this podcast uh, by this point, Christ, um, yeah. good effort. Well, that's good effort. Uh, that's uh, well done on the uh, on the marathon. We'll, we'll do a. Pro- I think when we do the the London episode, we'll uh, do London specific ones. I might do London marathon yeah, yeah. facts. Maybe who knows? You've done London marathon facts before, I think. Though they are all, yeah. all nobody will remember. <laughs> that's true. Same no up again. Yeah, okay, so what in. have we uh, got? Yeah, you might as well send, send in any facts. Tom will read them. Nothing's yeah. checked. Any well, you could just send me any facts. facts. Yeah, I'm not going to verify yeah. them anyway. Um, <laughs> right, so what have we got coming up over the next month or so? I'm doing daily got trainers, some... aren't I? Finally. Daily trainers. Yeah, we'll probably do our rotations vid because most of the big spring releases mm-hmm. are coming in now. We have got the best marathon shoes coming. Some nice roundups coming. We've got... The Saucony Endorphins videos are coming very soon, uh, first runs and such. Obviously, we've been a bit behind the eight ball on that, but we've got the shoes now. And about a lot of us have race got the shoes. tests from me and uh, yeah. TV videos <laughs> and versus. Yeah, do need to start racking up. So we've got some Puma Velocity versus coming, and there's lots, lots to come. Lots of content. Like it's, it's, it's a trickier. I think we've been a bit not as prolific as sometimes just we've all been quite busy and my first uh second half term is really uh it really is an eye-opener how busy it is when the kid's home again um but in general but some good fits coming haven't we tom you got any shoes coming in that might help uh not i've seen <laughs> i started pulling out really old shoes it's been a bit yeah. it's been a bit quiet on the watch front but i think that might might change in the in the coming. Might months, change. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for a new watch, then it might be something cool. coming up. All right then. Well, see you next time, guys. See you guys. Bye. This episode of the podcast was presented by Nick Harris Fry, Tom Wheatley, and Mike Saw. The podcast was produced by Tom Wheatley. The music was by Fear of Tigers. <laughs> <laughs>